I'm going to do the entire show it, with with meow at the end of my sentences. Oh, no. Please don't. Don't do that. <laughs> no, no, no. No, that's a great idea, Georgia. That's like um, this awesome anime called Digi Carrot. And the way the princess Digi Carrot is after, single, after every single thing that she says, no, she says no at the end of it. And it is so <laughs> cute and awesome. And she's an actual anime girl that just like dresses. She's a princess, but she also like wears a cat hat. And it's awesome, <laughs> yo. So, so do you act? Do you really think that I should do it though? Meow. Well, oh, I'll no. say, I'll say, meow. Uh, um, this is gonna be a really good show. We're this just trying to figure out one. a way to make Mike just completely regret signing <laughs> us off to the network. No, no, right, no, no, right. no. Well, how many listeners do you think we would lose? Meow. Or gain. <laughs> gain. We're not gaining anyone. We'll gain a lot of cat listeners. We'll be we'll be number right. one in the cat demo. We might right. finally redeem ourselves with all of the furry listeners that we lost in episode one. We've, That's true. It's, That's true. Uh, this would be our moment of redemption. I'm not saying you should do it, though. <laughs> anyway, I'm ready oh. to do a very serious episode of isometric okay in which none of us make animal noises of any kind right sounds great yeah Hi there and welcome to Isometric Gaming with Perspective. This episode of Isometric is brought to you by Squarespace, Build It Beautiful, and we will tell you all about them later. For right now, I am Steve Lubitz, and I am here, as always, with Head of Development at Giant Space Cap, Brianna Wu. How are you, Embry? What's crackalackin', yo? What's crackalackin'? <laughs> the yo really kind of kind of tweaks it a little bit. It, it's kind of putting a, a new a new spin on it. It's yo. It's not yo. It's <laughs> oh, yo. Okay. yo. So before we start this week's episode, you know, I have a question for you, Steve. Um, <laughs> okay. so, so as you guys know, I have recently gotten a new puppy, Rocket, right? Um, and Rocket is awesome. And, like, she's just a fantastic, fantastic dog. And at my house, like, you know, invariably we rank which of our dogs we love the most. Like, you know, well, of like course. A, and we have lots of reasons why, yeah. you know, like rocket is best because of A, B, and C. And then Frank and I will discuss which dog is highest. So my question for you and Georgia is which of your children are your favorite? Like, can you, can you comment on that on this podcast? Da, da, da. In general, whichever one is screaming the least. No, 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 don't, 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 no, no, no. I want to, like, do parents have, because when I was growing up, I had a brother and a sister. My parents would always say, like, I love all of you guys equally. But I don't think that was true. So I want to know, like, give me the inside dirt. You can tell me. I won't tell anyone. Yeah. I, I actually really, they, I love them both. And, and I they're both different and I love them in different ways. But I don't love one more. I That's just the truth. And, you know, maybe, if, you know, if you have a you know, a child that has a personality that's similar to someone that you don't like, maybe that would be different. But for me, I just, they're, I, I love them both. They're like my kids. Yeah. I, I love all of my kids equally. I may not like them all equally on any given day, but right. I love them all equally. Mm. I can't even believe that. <laughs> <laughs> they're, my kids are all awesome though. So, they you know, how can, awesome. you know, I so how can I that. choose between them? They're all awesome. Okay. Okay. 
you know, they may drive me up a wall. But they're, they're awesome. I, I don't know why that would be, Steve. I don't you know? know either. Maybe because of the level of noise and clutter in my house at any given time. I've never time, seen but... clutter at your house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's very calm. That's because you kept your sunglasses on the whole time when you were in yeah. here, so you couldn't see anything. That's not what it is, Steve. Your house is fine. Everybody always thinks their own house is dirty, even when it's not. It's a strange thing. Well, that's because you me. you haven't seen the flurry of activity before we let anybody who's mm, not who doesn't okay. live here so into the house. So you cleaned it up before we visited. Yes, that, that makes right. sense. Yeah, yeah, it, my, it doesn't normally look like that. My house okay. is a, a puppy toilet. Right now. <laughs> like, it's so <laughs> terrible housebreaking a puppy. It's so bad. Like I don't know how any creature this small because Rocket is only four pounds. So I don't know how she creates this much poop. It's, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. I don't know. I remember thinking the exact same thing about my kids when they were in diapers and I had to change them constantly. That is true. That yeah. is a true thought, yeah. Oh. Have, had, did you try crate training them? Uh, I, I did. It didn't really work so well. No. You know, they, they didn't really like the crate. They said they complained that it was too okay. hard, that they wanted a bed. They said, why can't I go back to my bed? And, and you know, I said, we're going to try this for a little while and then we're going to go back. Okay. And, and but, you know. We tried it. You know, we got to try, you know, you got to keep yourself open to different experiences right. and, you know, see what like works. Free range parenting, and this is the opposite. It's is the title of this episode Call Child Protective Services? Like, what is happening? <laughs> where, where am I? Steve, you're a great parent. I know you're, you're kidding around. I, I am absolutely kidding. I've never to seriously. Any law enforcement official who's listening, Steve's totally being sarcastic right now. Sent him to jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If anything, my ch- my children are the ones abusing me, not the other way around. But uh, so we so we also have assistant games editor at Pace Magazine, Maddie Myers. How you doing, Maddie? I'm doing great. It's nice out. Boston's beautiful. Everything's beautiful. <laughs> Had a great day. Played a bunch of video games. Still don't have kids. Life's great. My oh, life's great. Awesome. I, I, was, I, was, I thought you were going to have an announcement for us this week. So no, no, no kids this week. Oh no! Oh. Still no. Uh, okay. Still no kids. Still no puppies. Still killing it. Just killing it. No poop at all at the Myers <laughs> abode. Uh, yeah, it's pretty sweet. Tbh, it is pretty sweet. <laughs> hey, hey, Maddie, child-free high five. Right <laughs> Woo! Uh. I just hit my microphone, which is not a good idea. Here, I'll do that. Again. There we go. Uh, so we also have a uh, senior editor from iMore.com and uh, psychotherapist and uh, someone who will not be doing the non-parent high five, Georgia Dow. How are you doing, Georgia? I'm good. <laughs> I'm great. You're great. I'm, I, I am. I am. I got, I, I'm going to. You're great. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Meow. Yeah. Um, okay. I got a, a really cool email from <clears throat> someone. And uh, it's it's one of our favorite people that did the picture in the panda hat with a picture of the uh, hand turkey, um, Tim Bennett. And I'm going to send the little, I'm just going to let it play here for all of us to listen to. Here we go. Just stick with me. That was pretty great. That so is that like great. is that like your wrestling and intro, your wrestling intro music now? And also like 
your ringtone right, and also right. like the song that you play every time anything in your life happens like you should I feel set like... every sound on your mac to that so if you make <laughs> that's, an that's error that's gonna be my phone that ring that comes on that should be your phone yeah. ring and your computer startup oh my gosh i would just surround myself with that song if if i were you georgia I kind of want to do it anyway, and I I'm don't sure that have totally the last name would not Dow. get annoying if you set that to go off every single time you got a text. That would not get annoying at all, ever. I'm sure Maybe your husband would love text, that. But like, there's <laughs> other things that you could set it to. That I I don't know. I don't know. I would play it a lot if it were me. So you should too, Georgia. I demand it. Okay. I demand that you appreciate the gift that has been bestowed upon you. Seriously, yeah. Right. Come on, Georgia. You should just get like some, you should get some paper and just put it over your doorway and just burst through it every, every day. Ooh, that sounds I like fun. That. Wasn't that what we were supposed to do on the live show? Yeah, we were all Next supposed time. to burst through a piece of paper, it's but nobody symmetric. brought a piece of paper. I, I think, think we were I lucky told, to just all get there. At the we same were lucky time. to all get there. I think I said that if anybody brought a piece of paper, that we would run through it, and then nobody did. So it's kind of on all of our listeners. That I, they didn't I had do that. a piece of paper, but it was like an eight by twelve. Mm, okay, and I think that's pretty good. It is not as big as I would have expected. <laughs> right. Yeah. I have a couple of pieces of paper of that size in my room right now, so I'm, I'm familiar with the sizing that you're describing, uh, but. I don't think it would be enough for this, but yeah, yeah. You need like a roll of butcher paper. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so we have some follow up. I'm I'm putting this one thing in because literally the entire internet sent this to us this week. That apparently they have erected a statue of a panda in a mech suit in China. Whoa! <laughs> and it looks so cool. It's, it is whoa. pretty amazing. Cool. Oh, you can't drop that in the chat. Yeah, it. well, it's it's in the show notes, but I'll put it I'll put it in the Skype chat for you. But it's yeah, so read our show notes, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> those those notes are for the listeners yeah. to read. Right. We don't prepare. Well, it's like Brie Bri doesn't like Brie doesn't read instruction manuals, and she doesn't read the show notes. She just That's you know right. shows up. Oh my god, this is like <laughs> Georgia, like. Your life goal. This yeah, is like our dream. Something awesome. It looks really, really cool. This is the statue they remember you by, where it's uh, like your face, but it's the panda instead. Like you need to do something so awesome. Like Canada erects a statue for you. Get to it. Yeah. You know? I think I think we need to go there and do a show, or take and take some do the show right in front of the statue. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Or we could just yeah. go and climb the statue, take some cool pictures of ourselves. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Or just Photoshop ourselves, I guess, you know. Yeah, we could just like all sit on his shoulders. That would be cool. Like yeah. weird little parrots. And that would be that would be almost <laughs> like we were as cool parrots. as the panda. I mean, oh. it wouldn't be. I'll build a suit of armor. You guys can do whatever. I'll just show up in armor. I'll be like, what? We weren't doing armor? It'll be really obnoxious. <laughs> See, I'll tell my kids that if, you know, they don't behave, this is who's going to come and visit them at night and make sure don't that they behave. Don't tell them that. That's so mean. <laughs> Aw. They should only associate pandas with positivity and strength. Do your homework or Uncle Panda's going to come and, and pay you a visit. I, I just can't. <laughs> I know that you guys are going to tell me again that pandas kill people, but I just can't believe they it. They do. They're real bears. I don't. I, I've heard they it are, before. They are. They're really. They're a bear. They're a bear. They just look cute. I know, but they look so cuddly. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so we have some real follow-up. So, Bree, you said you had some follow-up on our uh, our Gamergazi discussion from oh, last week. Oh, God. Oh, 
God in heaven. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good Lord have mercy. Um, let's let's get to it. I've I've been thinking a lot about about this particular issue, and you know, I I I was kind of frustrated once this came out um, because you know I'm a mod over Gamer Gazi and. I spent the entire day, like, I've got plenty of stuff I can be doing. And I spent the entire day um, basically kind of fending off people, screaming at Maddie particularly, um, but me as well. Like, almost as though they went to underscore the entire point that we were making in this talk, which is basically about online mobs and, you know, like, uh, kind of reactionary, like, going after people for, for revenge. And um, I just have to say I was very frustrated with that. You know, something I have long believed is that it's, um, I think it's a lot easier to sit there and be cynical and feel disempowered as opposed to build something or change something. You see this all the time. Like, for instance, uh, today um, Reddit announced some changes that I think are very smart to kind of curb and change their anti-harassment policy. I've talked to the CEO of Reddit about this before, and I can tell you it's very well thought through, the reasoning behind this. And I go and read read it today to like um kind of reflect on these announcements that you know she spent a lot of political capital putting out there and what do you read well you know the the kind of more right-wing forces are extremely angry at her and then the left wing is like screaming at reddit because it's just not good enough for their taste and to me this is just an attitude that that really turns me off like you know what i mean so, like, I spent a lot of Monday, like, trying to interact with people to talk about, like, yeah, well, this is why I feel this way. This is, you know, this is where I think we should be going. And I spent a lot of time trying to talk to the mods of, of Gamer Gazi about um, some of the systematic problems I felt like that the, the board, frankly, has. And, um, you know, I'm not going to betray a private conversation, but um, I can say, like, it's it feels like it's going to be slow going. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the truth is like, um, you know, forces on, on kind of more leftward forces kind of tend to be a a very broad tent. Like we have a lot of people that like, when we talk about inclusion that we're trying to, you know, basically talk to, you know, there, there's, you know, the GLBT community, there are different ethnic minorities, you know, there, there are, you know, people on the spectrum, perhaps, you know, we're we're a big tent with a lot of different constituencies. Um and I understand that we're not all going to be super like of one hive mind about it, but I sometimes think it causes like everybody to want to drive the car in their own direction, that it makes leadership and action very, very difficult. And, you know, that's very much the feel that I get in trying to kind of solve this this problem. Um so, you know, I don't have any I, I guess I had to say I felt I felt very attacked for speaking out on this um, last week with Maddie. And, you know, it's it's one of these things where attack me all you want. I'm kind of numb to it. But something that really hurts me is when, you know, people attack my friends. And, you know, Maddie, like, you know, we're not just friends. Like, we're business partners on Isometric. Like, we're colleagues in the game industry. And I just, I want to let you know, like, that really, it bothered me, the response to that. So... 
I guess it's not happy, but it's true. (laughs) Well, I appreciate it. And I know that you were in there trying to moderate that stuff. And I I expected it because I know I don't have very many fans over there. And I did say that before we did the topic. So I I didn't really expect it to go well. But, you know, I... I feel like the way that stuff like this usually goes is that people react defensively, but then they take some time and they think about it. And then sometimes they decide later that they do want to change. Yeah. And sometimes they decide they don't. And that's fine, too. But I, I don't ever expect when I say something that people are going to immediately agree. I just I don't. And that's fine. And. I got feedback from people. Some of it was helpful. Some of it was not helpful. Yeah, yeah. That's that's fine, too. And, you know, it's okay. And, like, I, I don't think we're all going to ever agree on anything. I'm personally trying to work on just being cool with that as a concept and just kind of realizing that. I think being respectful of the fact that we're not all going to agree would be great. <laughs> and uh, that that would be a cool place to get to. So, yeah. Can I, can I say something about that? You know... Something I think that people of all political spectrums need to sit there and think about is there's not going to be any point in my lifetime or Steve, your daughter's lifetimes, where we sit there and, like, most human beings go, like, yeah, feminism, equal rights. I'm on board with that. That's We're done. just not going to happen. We're <laughs> yeah. done. Yeah. I, I don't know if I agree with that. I think that that will happen in our lifetime. I think that there will be, I, I think the majority of people, just like it, like the majority of cultures as they evolve, we, you know, again, things that, that make sense slowly, they're, they're changing. And they're changing relatively rapidly. I, sure. I don't think that it'll be everyone. And I don't think for other, it, there'll be other issues that people will be against. And yeah, cool. but I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Let, I me, think, let me try think, wording this a different yeah. way then. Um, I think it's unreasonable to expect there to be a point in anyone's political, like, ideology where most people are going to agree with them. Right. And, you know, there are always going to be conservatives. There are always going to be liberals. There are always going to be people with, like, a psychological disposition towards being moderates or even apolitical. That's not going to change. That's human nature. Like, you can read literature from hundreds of years ago, and it has the same themes in it. So, like, when I think about, you know, Gamergate in particular, my goal is to... I don't want to, like, wipe out the people that believe things differently than I do. I I don't think that's reasonable. My goal is to kind of get this extremist kind of language where people are getting death and rape threats and are being harassed to the point of being psychologically damaging off the table. Like, Mm -hmm. that's my goal. Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I think everyone should think about that. You can disagree without being disagreeable. Yes. Yep. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it's realistic to think that people are going to have different opinions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not just realistic. It's healthy for a culture to have people that don't all believe in one homogenous thing. That actually causes a lot of dangerous issues and ideas. We need people to challenge each other's ideas so we can get to what could be something better. The same thing in species. There's a reason why we are all different, look different, seem different. That way that if something happens and there's a big food shortage, smaller people will live out. If there's something that, you know, the fruit is high up, taller people might live out. It's actually beneficial to us in our thoughts and our processes and in our, you know, diversity. Differences keep us alive. Couldn't agree more. 
rad. Let's keep being different, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Let's all put on our hats backwards and turn our chairs backwards. And the more you know, we'll spread across the screen. (laughs) Are are you like a 90s sitcom right now? I feel like that's where we went. So I just went ahead and took it the rest of the way there. Are you like auditioning for the Full House reboot right now? I'm auditioning for G.I. Joe. And I hope they call me soon. Oh, my God. What G.I. Joe character would you be? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Which one's the guy who wears the parka? He seems cool. All of them. (laughs) No, no, no. Like the... I'll look him up. Never mind. All right. Somebody else. Uh, So we also... uh, Just a little... A very quick bit of follow-up on Cuba Bay's feminist deck that it got funded despite uh, people trolling... Giving trolling uh, fraudulent pledges but it still got funded nonetheless so but keep keep donating if you haven't already to make it even better no we saw the thing about the kickstarter this week like somebody making a fake pledge withdrawing it the last minute and failing so anybody that wants to help get her a little over the top that would be great like it's an insurance run uh kind of a following along with what we were talking about last week with spiritual successors and starfighter and ukulele that um there would i have to get i have to look his get his name so i can pronounce it right koji igarashi who's the producer of symphony of the night has let he left konami last year because apparently they wanted to instead of letting him make another castlevania game they wanted to put him on social games which he wasn't particularly excited about um, so he's come back and he's doing a Kickstarter for a spiritual successor to Symphony of the Night called Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which is going to be for consoles. It appara- it looks like it has a female lead character. It does. Who looks awesome with like a stained glass sword. And he's getting the Inti Creates who are the people who did uh, Mega Man 9, which was excellent, and who are currently working on Mighty Number no. 9, which is the Mega Man spiritual successor to do the development on it. So that this, you know, obviously got funded almost immediately. And but the interesting thing about this, because we we spent a lot of time last week talking about the Starfighter uh, Kickstarter and and looking at the number that they were asking for and thinking that that was extremely low for what they were promising. Mm-hmm. And this is the same thing, but there's a reasoning for it. And the reasoning that he's only asking for, I believe, $500,000 is that this is not going to be his only source of funding, that he actually has uh, venture capital funding on top of this, but it's contingent on a successful Kickstarter to prove that there is interest in the game. So I thought this is something, especially in light of that conversation that we had last week, that this is something that we should – I don't know if Starfighters got the same arrangement. They probably they may or may they may not. But this seems like a big shift in the way that Kickstarter is being used, and and kind of not necessarily in line with what people think Kickstarter should be doing. Um, so what what are your thoughts on this tack that he's taking in order to get this game made? Okay. Well, the first thing is that it has. If you've seen the Kickstarter, um, Igarashi, he's it starts off with like you know this like anime scene and there's like the little Castlevania bat and it moves down and it lands inside of a castle and then we see the bat shadow become like a man and he walks through this old castle and then sits down on a chair, takes a wine glass and says, you know, they told me that no one likes my type of games anymore, swigs down his his wine, 
throws it and breaks it and then says, but I, you're going to have to help me tell them that they're wrong. And I'm like, that's the way to do a Kickstarter. Like that was (laughs) awesome. He looked awesome. It was an old castle. And I was like, I'm like, I totally get why one people that love this, but it's just, he grabbed my attention immediately. So, you know, but people do still like his games. That's like the central. Okay. I, I get that people, okay, where do I even start with this? I feel like the that is a fallacy that's being sold to you. This idea that people will no longer buy retro games and like these creators have to turn to Kickstarter and come to you. Like that's what you're being sold. That's part of the messaging here. It's very clever, but people will support his game. People are giving him money to make it and the Kickstarter is just to dri- drive up hype for it. He could make anything he wants. He's so famous and successful and has so but many connections. he said connections. that he went to, to different and, uh, people and, and yeah, no one was could, going like, to back Yeah, but he could independently make it. I don't know. I could but, be wrong, but... Yeah, he, and I, maybe he's wrong, but he had said that he went to a whole bunch of different publishers and, and none of them said that they w- would, would um, back him making a game that he wanted to make. Well, then how did he get f- the money that he's making it with now? Because it's contingent on the Kickstarter being successful. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I'm I'm an old crank. I feel like this is such a weird way to use Kickstarter. I find it very strange. I'm sorry. I'm having to get used to this idea of Kickstarter being like a system of gauging hype and pre-orders as opposed to what I think of it as, which is a way to kickstart a project that you wouldn't be able to do otherwise. I I feel like I feel like there's a different perspective here. Um, you know, it's it's very often for stars. I'm not sure he has venture capital money behind it. Do we know it's venture capital or publisher money, or is it certainly venture capital? I will money? look that up for you while you talk. Okay, but it, it doesn't even matter. Like venture capital money usually comes from different sources. Like you have. Yeah, I don't even want to get into all the intricacies of it, but it it makes a lot of sense that certain financing is contingent on other financing like it's a way of distributing risk um at its core like ben kachera had a a frankly really smart accurate piece on this like this is a way that they found to kind of play the shell game and to manage risk with you know publishing games so you know it it's it's awesome because like you're you're getting the consumer it's the ultimate pre-order like they're paying for the game before it's even made why not do a pre-order then you know because like, you don't get the capital. Well, it's 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 a complicated thing. Like first, there's no kind of consumer like a Kickstarter consumer. There's someone that is very invested in your in your product. They're going to go and tell people a lot with word of mouth. Um, like they're emotionally invested in what you're going to create. So basically, rather than paying people to get the word out, they're going to pay you and get the word out. Like Kickstarter mm-hmm. yourself gets a lot of things. And then you have this multiplier effect with Kickstarter. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's with the spirit of Kickstarter. It's not. Like Kickstarter originally started because it was like this this idea for indies to kind of get financing. It's it's really morphed into something different. And the truth is a lot of the bigger games that you see on Kickstarter follow this exact formula where there's funding behind it, but it's contingent on other funding. You know, we talk in tech a lot about innovation, and that includes financial innovation. And this is a way of getting games published and made, and I don't particularly have a problem with it. 
Uh, just to answer your question, it was it, he's not saying venture capital. I think I've made that up, but he is saying external investment. So right, that makes a lot more sense. Um, so I, I do agree with you, Matt. This sounds like BS when you say like <laughs> I couldn't get the game made. Any yeah, other way. that part of it, I'm just. I, but I, it's very, it's a romantic idea though for him to come to you, the listener, the viewer, and to say I need your help, and I seem very popular and powerful, but I actually am very vulnerable, and I'm, I really need you to give me your five dollars to save my game idea that no one but you understand. Like I get how this works. I just sure. think it's. I think it's very clever and I can kind of see the marketing sheen on it and understand that that's what's happening. I don't know. Cynical I may be, but it's accurate. Nonetheless, I yeah. I feel like that is what they've done. And yeah, it's very clever, but it's it's very much gaming the system in a way that people were not doing with Kickstarter before because people were not using Kickstarter with this type of marketing in mind, like crowdfunded marketing. I mean, essentially they don't have to buy a marketing campaign now because everybody covered this all week. Like every journalist I know wrote about this game like three times. So they, they're done. They didn't even have to send out a press release, you know? That's the genius of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the, the only thing is that, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter how it gets made. And, and I think that there is... Well, there's, there's a clever there, way to do it. But there's yeah. a clever way to do it, and there's definitely demand for it. I mean, Lee Alexander had this like love letter to Symphony of the Night that she posted on Offworld this week that I'll link in the show notes that made me, if I hadn't been, like, if I hadn't just played two of these types of games back-to-back, I would have, like, gone and bought Symphony of the Night and gotten it on my Vita, but I need to play anything else other than a, a Metroidvania at this point. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing is that we talked a lot, we've talked a lot about treating kickstarter like a pre-order right and 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 kickstarter is fundamentally not a pre-order system but this is actually treating it like a pre-order it's kind of saying that this will get made as long as we get enough of these orders and and, i mean we had a we had a lot of conversation back when we were talking about goddess about how this isn't a pre-order system like kickstarter there is risk and i think that there's something to be said for maybe poisoning the well for other projects that don't have that external backing yeah. to start setting that expectation that these games the the number really doesn't matter because there's somebody else waiting in the wings who just wants to see that that number gets reached and then they'll pitch in the rest and i yeah. think that i don't yeah no i i agree that that's that's tricky because most of these projects don't have aren't made by people with this many connections right who don't actually have any money coming in besides their kickstarter money and maybe a little bit of other money maybe but probably not and how do you know yeah that's the problem i mean this one is upfront about it but you know we we had that conversation about starfighter last week how are they doing this for five hundred thousand dollars and you know when you look at that is that a real number or not? I don't know. Yeah. And, is then, it- and then people really don't know how much it costs to make a game. I mean, like, right. Brie knows, and she tells us all the time, but but the average person doesn't know. And having all of these weird numbers floating around, I think, muddies the waters more. And I don't think yeah. there's anything we can do about it. It's just yeah. kind of too bad. Yeah. We'll I- just have to keep yelling at people <laughs> when they're wrong. <laughs> can, can I say one quick thing sure. here? And I know... Business by in its very nature is about looking at the systems in front of you. And I don't want to use the word take advantage of, but to use them strategically. Sure. Right. And I mean, that's just what business is. Now that can go to a very unhealthy 
point when you're talking about like the derivatives that crashed our entire economy in 2008. Yeah, like ethics and, right. you know, but, spending but, money but, you don't have. Right, right. But yeah. I think, I think being clever about Kickstarter and getting into a complicated financial arrangement in order to like garner fan interest and, and get a lot of publicity. Um, I, I think that's smart. And I, I, it just doesn't seem productive like this. I love these kinds of games and it does seem accurate to me that Konami has kind of let down the player base about this kind of game. I mean, Symphony of the Night came out and that was good, but these games have been relegated to the DS for a really long time now. Um, the Castlevania games that have come out lately have been god awful. So I, I do feel like there's some truth to the fact that he couldn't get Konami on board with this. So I I don't know. I I, I think at its core, maybe a little bit of the, the antipathy here is people feeling like he had connections and he should have gone in a different way. But I don't think that's fair. I mean, you know, what what do you expect him to do? Like go to a venture capital house and have someone take a huge equity stake out in his company and like pay a bunch of money for a marketing firm to like whip this up with journalists and take out huge ads on IGN. I mean, to me, that's just as dirty as this. I, I, I truly don't understand the obloquy. I, I don't have a problem with him doing what he's doing, to be clear. Like, I okay. think that whatever he needs to do to get his game made, he should do. Like, that's, right. I don't have a problem with that. I'm just wondering what, you know, it's already complicated enough today to figure out like as somebody who is potentially going to back something like this you know like to figure out you know if they're if they can do what they say they're going to do or not and i think that that what i i have no problem with him doing what he's doing and and making the system work for him i think that he should do that and he should make his game i I don't have a problem with that i'm just you know i worry that kickstarter is already complicated enough for the person on the other end of the transaction, that anything that makes it more complicated could maybe make it harder for the next game to get made is the only thing that I worry about. Yeah. yeah. Crowdfunding will not last forever. It's not. It's been declining. And what's happening in crowdfunding is the same thing happened with the App Store. With It used to be like someone could get in there and make a good living with it. And now you're seeing these larger mega projects being the more successful ones on there. And, you know, I think it sucks, but that's where we are. So... <laughs> Yeah. And you can't usually blame something like that on an individual project. It's more of a trend. And I mean, we talked about a bunch of projects like this last week. And the reason why we're seeing this trend, I think, is because folks are seeing that it worked for their other industry friend who had connections. And why can't they do that? And yeah, I mean, it's not that I think it's a bad idea individually. It's more just a general trend that is kind of too bad for the smaller projects on Kickstarter that probably can't get as much success now as they could five years ago or whatever. I don't know, though, that one precludes the other. Like, I think that it's I, I, I think that, you know, if they, he didn't put this out here, the money that has, is going to this would not be going to another game. A lot of people are doing this because of the name of the yeah, game, because of true. the publicity that it has. So, you know, it might get again, it could get more people involved in Kickstarter and then they get their game and then they're really happy with it. And it was a successful Kickstarter. I think that Kickstarters that are unsuccessful, make people really angry and feel frustrated are much more damaging to Kickstarter than having big names out there. I, I agree with you, Maddie, that it does feel slightly un- unjust because, you know, they have you know many more connections than the small little tiny companies that are trying to make ends meet 
But, uh, you know, one I don't think precludes the other. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Uh, So why don't we take a break and we can uh, and we can tell you that this episode of Isometric is brought to you by Squarespace, which is the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. Uh, for a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter offer code isometric at checkout. Uh, and Bree, you, you just launched your new site on Squarespace, I did. right? I did. Um, you know, I've long been thinking about um, – I've long looked at Daring Fireball, which, you know, has kind of – you know, it, it it speaks to me a little less today than it used to. And I look at Loop Insight, which I think is doing really, really good work, um, as well as during Fireball. And I've 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 wanted to I see those sites and I see them not really having enough voices of women in tech that I respect. Um, you know, there are a lot of really talented women like Maddie, who just wrote a great piece today, uh, talking about her Ruby on Rails experience. I'm going to tweet that out. Uh, actually, going to put that out on my site in a minute. So I, I launched the site using Squarespace. Um, if you go look at it, it's cosmodrome.org. It's a linkless site like Daring Fireball. And the idea is um, every day I'm going to take the best ideas that I see emphasizing women's voices, but, you know, just generally covering the same things I do on Rocket and Isometric. And, you know, you give like a little bit of commentary to go with it. And, you know, if you look at the site, it's very minimal. It looks great on iPhone. It looks great on iPad. It looks great on desktop. Um, And, you know, it was really easy to set up. Like I finally was, I was sitting there on a Wednesday and I was feeling sick and I said, well, I'm not going to get much work done today. Let's just build a website. And Sweet. I did. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Georgia, I want to write like write some awesome stuff so I can link to you <laughs> on Cosmodrome. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll try. You should do that. You should make a make an awesome video, and I'll just yeah. I, I don't I, know. Videos, I'm I'm much better with than writing. All right, all right. We'll link Maddie there. We'll link Maddie. It's perfect. Perfect. So, <laughs> Probably yeah. work out better. You can yeah. just read me. I I hope I'm not the only one in there. I'm sure I'm not. No, it's all Maddie. <laughs> it's a stalker site. It's it's just good. She's actually just repackaged MaddieMyers.net and, and she's put it up on her site. Right, it's probably right. better than MaddieMyers.net, although MaddieMyers.net doesn't look too bad. It is also a Squarespace site. So yeah. thanks, oh, Squarespace. There we go. Yeah. So uh, if you want a beautiful site like that, you can start a trial with no credit card required today and start building your website by going to squarespace.com. And when you do decide to sign up, make sure to use the offer code isometric to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for isometric. And we thank Squarespace so much for their support of isometric and all of Relay FM. Uh, Squarespace, build it beautiful. So spl- there was the Splatoon demo this weekend. I think you are the only person Am I the to only play one? it, Steve. Okay. I, watched, I watched a playthrough. Does that count? It, it counts. <laughs> Not for much. But that's what it did. It looks amazing. It does look amazing. I'm sad that I missed out on this. Well, it's like me getting to play paintball and Halo at the y- same time. Yeah, and you get to play as a girl. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. You get to play what? as a squid girl. <laughs> and you can a dress her up in between, in between in all kinds of different outfits in the full game, apparently. There's all mm-hmm. kinds of gear that you can earn to... We can change her skin it. tone. Yeah, you know. yeah, it's yeah. very cool. So they had a um, they had a Nintendo Direct uh, when we, the same day we recorded last week, and they announced this global test fire demo over last weekend, and it was kind of weird because you download the demo, but there were it was only live for three one hour windows over the weekend, over Friday night and Saturday morning. 
Um, in Eastern time, I think it came out to like 11 p.m. to 12 a.m., 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., and then 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. So I use the fact that my children have me on a horrible schedule to wake up at to wake up at seven o'clock and get myself on. And I played for the full hour at seven o'clock, and then I played most of the hour uh, from three to four. It, it is a blast. It, it looks is so much. Fun. It is so much fun. I, I wrote up a thing on my blog on Monday because I've been hearing a lot of grumbling about how this game is going to fail. Um, really? Really? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I must not be following the right people because everybody I know is so psyched for this game, probably because it has cute squid girls in it and paint and it's awesome. And I follow people who are interested in playing as squid girls. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm following the go. wrong people, That's clearly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Though there was a lot of uh, a lot of yelling about the fact that there's not going to be any team chat in the game. Yeah, that's great. I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to talk to anybody either. But they're like, oh, well, this is a competitive multiplayer game. You have to have team chat. And it's like, no, you you, you don't. Because, no, you don't. <laughs> because first of all, chat in video, on, online video games for anyone who's not like a hardcore dude bro is awful. It's horrible. And like so little actual teamwork happens in those chats. And Skype exists. So yeah. you can figure it out. If you're smart enough to be worried that you don't have team chat, you can figure it out. Um, the other thing that was kind of that, that some people were complaining about that was a little bit more valid was the the tutorial. So what happened was that in the hour game, it puts you into a tutorial first and you had to finish the tutorial before you would play um, any live online ch- any, uh, live online matches. And the tutorial has you going through a course and shooting balloons with with the paintball gun with the paint gun. And in the tutorial, you have to use the motion controls on the, the Wii U gamepad. So you're using that to kind of aim the the window that you're looking at on the television with the gamepad, um, which is really, really awkward if you're used to playing with dual analog sticks. Yeah. Um, okay. And I, as soon as you got out of the tutorial, you could turn it off, though it wasn't really clear because I know that there was one person I was talking to on Twitter who didn't, uh, didn't know that until I told him, which was long after the demo was done. But I got to thinking about it and for, for someone like us who plays those games, I think that's terrible and and... But I think that I gave it to my daughter in the the second session, and this was after I'd already turned off the motion controls, and she had a really hard time with it. Like, she was basically looking straight down the entire time that she was playing. And Mm -hmm. it didn't occur to me to give it to her with the motion controls on, but I think she might actually have a much easier time with that because – I think that there's something to, like, dual analog sticks being really hard for some people to get. Yeah, takes a while. Yeah, and it's it's not like they tried to play Disney Infinity and they couldn't get it. And, and Disney Infinity re- relies on uh, on dual analogs. And I think that it's actually kind of a smart thing for them to have the motion controls. And I'm going to try it with my daughter when I, I'm going to pre-order it because I, I'm sold on it. But I'm going to give it to her and see if she if she likes it with the motion controls because I think that might be easier for her. And it might be easier for a lot of people who aren't used to uh, to dual analogs. I just don't like the fact that they force that. It just doesn't make sense to me. It, it was a little bit of an odd decision because the kinds of people who are going to be in the demo are probably going to be people who are like really on top of it and are going to be turned off by that. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
Sort of a tough call, though, because, I mean, I guess it's like, who's the game for? Right. I, it's it's sort of simultaneously like this cute game that could be for kids, but it also has all the trappings of a more hardcore, like, TF2-style goofy shooter thing. And I think it's actually really cool that they have both of those worlds colliding because that's, like, my dream. I've always wanted that to happen, to have, like, a cool a bunch of cool girls who look really cute, but they're like in this very hardcore atmosphere of a shooter. I I just think that's awesome. So, but, but at the same time, I get that they are sort of torn between appealing to people like very, very young kids who have never played Halo and won't know how to do it and won't automatically know how to use a controller in that way and might not even have a Wii U pro controller. Come to think of it. Yeah, they might not. Wait, I, I have a question. Sure. So you can play as a girl in this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, you can. <laughs> wait, wait. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. So the game, the first, the first, like, not a sequel. The first game in this franchise is coming out. You can play as a girl? Yes. Mm. You're right. It'll never work. <laughs> Stop, Nick. Yeah. Re, that's the thing. She's not, she's what? actually wearing like real clothing. What? Well, she's also a squid, but she's a squid as well. So she's, <laughs> she's definitely not a sex object unless you're into squids, which is fine. By the way, <laughs> this is our first pro furry episode of isometric. We're in favor of it now. Or at least I am. I, I, oh. Are you, are you like, are you like speechless, Brie? Are you okay? I, Do you need to sit down? I, I feel like I've, I feel like it's like the year. <laughs> 2115 or something yeah right Right. yeah whoa okay yeah yeah i I, but i think i think maddie i think your point and that was the point i made in in this blog post that i wrote too is that there a lot of the complaining that i saw like the the piece that i linked that had this really laid out is from a site called hardcore gamer so you know exactly where they're coming from but they're like well you know sin and punishment failed on the wii and bayonetta 2 didn't sell a lot on the wii u and this is going to be uh, you know, this is going to be just as just as bad, and it's not going to do well. And they should just make it a free to play thing to get it into more people's hands. And it's like, it's like this game is going to be a blockbuster. Oh, of course okay. it is. Yeah, yeah, that's stupid. And and it's going to be a blockbuster for because they're they're making it e10, which means that there are a lot of a lot more customers who are available to get it. And I've already seen them advertising it on Cartoon Network. Yeah. So they're targeting this towards kids who don't have any games like this. I mean, there are some families who will buy Call of Duty for an eight-year-old. Look, let's go over into Bree's parenting corner for a minute <laughs> here. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. I'm shaking. Wait a second, Bree. You have to. I have to get prepared. Okay. I'm okay. doing my breathing. Let me tell you a little thing or two about parents, guys. <laughs> um, look, you're so. You will buy anything for your kids that is like not boobalicious or super violent you could just give it to them like parents are looking for content that's not objectionable to distract their kids so they can Sorry, feel, I'm just stuck on boobalicious so like right but you also right, want to yeah. train your kids to be halo masters as right, soon as they're right. old enough so to right. understand the importance right. of and, killing and aliens and to be able to right. play paintball yeah. yes so that I don't just own them all the time <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I could see yeah. you just like taking target practice at your kids with paintball. We have to be able to prepare kids for important stuff later in life, like Halo, laser tag, paintball, yeah. and Call this is the game. This is going to be the game Call that helps them. Yeah. Right. And this is a game that you can have them play those types of games without it making you look like a horrible parent. Win, <laughs> win, yep. meow. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just say meow? 
win, win, meow, meow. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. Maybe you could actually even play with them at the same time and be able to play the same game and enjoy the same game at the same time as your kids. Is there a local multiplayer? There is. So there's going to be one one one-on-one local multiplayer where one person plays on the television and one person plays on the Wii U gamepad. Oh, sweet. All right. Yeah. And and I think the, the one thing that I noticed as I was playing, I mean, there are problems with it. Like, there's a paint roller weapon that's, like, super OP. Yeah, um, because it takes people out in like one hit, and, it, and it covers a lot of overpowered. It means overpowered. Overpowered. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be leet like the like you guys, but it's okay, Steve. I had to look it up. Okay. But, <laughs> I was like, what does OP mean? I'm like looking it up it, on Google. It and stands I'm like, for original poster, I think. So. Right. <laughs> but the right. the one thing that struck me as I was playing it, because I mean, I'm I, I've talked about how bad I am at multiplayer shooters before, and, yeah. and I didn't feel like I was terrible at this, and the reason why is because it of the goal of the game where it's not necessarily to to shoot at people because that's like a secondary thing to kind of help yourself out but the goal is actually to cover all the territory with the paint so you can feel even if you're you're not really accurate you can still feel like you're contributing to the team because you're just going off into a corner where nobody is and covering a whole bunch of area with paint you're still contributing to the to the team and like, as in, if you're in something like Halo or, or Destiny or whatever, if you're in a multiplayer deathmatch and you're not killing somebody, you're basically cannon fodder and you're helping the other team by being terrible. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like that's a really good way to go about it. Yeah, it's why it was. It reminded me of TF2 a little bit because there's other classes that you can play. You can be a medic and and sort of focus on helping if you're not super good at headshots. But yeah, this is an even more extreme version of that because there's completely other things you can do, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can get the paint roller. You can just run around and, and, and or you can throw bombs and the bombs will kind of splatter paint in, the, in, in an area or something like that. So you can go and just kind of hide around and just kind of find places that nobody else is and just try to do it that way. I am like preemptively thinking this could end up being my game of the year. I don't it know. It could be. It could, it could be. very well it be. It sounds like absolutely everything I like. Right. It, we might all agree on Game of the Year to be the most boring show ever. If, if it is as good as it sounds, it it may disappoint me. If it's come. as good as the demo, it could very easily be a Game of the Year. No question. Yeah. I, I just couldn't stop watching it. It was adorable. It was cute. It looked like so much fun. Like stressful, but in a good way, not in a bad way. Yeah. It's fun in a way that games a lot of time, are, especially AAA games, are not fun you know what i mean like they're not that they're not enjoyable but they're not like joyful they're not joyful yeah yes yeah. and I, I love that idea of claiming territory that goes back to some sort of a primal need in me and it makes me feel good so i'm like ah. Oh. yeah it reminds me of like super mario sunshine where you're cleaning up all the sludge with the water a little bit you know what yeah. i mean yeah and, and that kind of that kind of need to make everything your color and stuff like that so mm. it, it's it i i you know if they had let me kept keep playing i would have kept playing but it's really i was really blown away by it. And, and I've been really hard on Nintendo lately. But I am really, no really excited for this game. Steve has fallen back in love with... <laughs> oh, I knew you guys were going to end up together. <laughs> this is so great. It's like every Steve. romantic comedy oh, ever. Steve. Yay. Yay. I, knew, I knew you two were destined. <laughs> They'll do something stupid and piss me off pretty soon. I'm sure it'll happen. Well, <laughs> I feel like that's just being negative. But, but you know... That's fine, Steve. It's fine for you to think that. 
No, but I'm really glad to be excited for a game like this too. You know, like yeah, I feel yeah, like there's yeah. been it's been really long time since like there's really been a game to be excited about. You know what I mean? And and I feel like this is really I I hope that the full the final product is as good. It sounds like from people who have full, like review copies, it is. So I'm I'm really excited for it. I'm expecting like a me from the future to beam into my room right now and be like. Maddie, stop being excited. It's going to turn out terrible. But that's not happening. So I think I'm just going to keep being happy about this. It seems like everything's going to be fine. Also, I, I'm going to keep trying to invent time travel. Okay. That, that's a good plan. You should do that. <laughs> just so that I can tell myself which games to buy. It's the only method I can come up with. Just don't step on any butterflies. I, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm very careful about that everywhere I go. I think about it all the time. Let's move on to... So there was an article about... Um, Destiny players who are look, still looking for these Easter eggs that are that are hidden in the game that they're going through and and, and trying to find. And Bree, this this article spoke to you. Do you want to talk about it a little bit? So, I, long story short, um, you know, you have some really hardcore players of games like um, so. Apparently, Bungie has like a really long history of hiding things in their games that are really, really hard to find. And players find them, like, years after they come out. So one of them famously was in Halo, uh, was it Halo 3? Where, like, if you held down both the thumbsticks on December 25th, you would see, like, this um, happy birthday message that, like, one of the programmers left for his wife. And then, like, I started rooting all through these links. And, like, they have players, like, there's this room that you can't get to in a level of Halo. So they spent five years trying to figure out how to get into this room with nothing in it and you're watching this video oh, no. and it's like step one overload the entire map by crashing this like rocket into the thing <laughs> over and over again leaf out spawn an elite spartan overload the map's memory check by doing this again blast this into there Go through this, do this, crash the ship at this angle, leap up and do it. And as the ship explodes, like you'll leap up and go into this room. And it's like this 20 minute video, and you're just like, what the frack are you doing with your lives? <laughs> They're having a good time in the only way they know how. Right. right. So, but it was beautiful. Like, it's mm-hmm. beautiful. And you know, I, I thought it was so cool to see that, like, because you know, Destiny's a terrible game. That kind of de- <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get John Syracuse on our case again. Oh, yes, I am. No. That kind of dedication to push through when a game is that bad and that <laughs> terrible and that not fun to we play. We have to have him back because we all disagree with him about so many games. We gotta have it out with him. He and I had this really, really long argument in Slack the other day because he said About that, Destiny? That, yeah, because he said that it was like Pokemon at the high level and I, I think that's true. and he needed to explain it to me because it wasn't comp- it wasn't computing in my head. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's wrong because he's never wrong, but I, I it, it took a lot of explaining to, for me to get there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, no, I think it's, you know, it's something like we hid something in Rev 60, like super, super well. And if someone finds it, like there's a non-trivial amount of money value attached to what you're going to find. And I'm actually very surprised at this point that like no one has found it. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Like you would think Gamergate just for the, the spite of having me <laughs> hand them a huge check would like find this out. So I don't know. It's I think it's really fun to like see that um, to see these kinds of things hidden. So I don't know. I think it's cool. 
that was the whole premise of of uh, Ready Player One too, which is a fantastic book. I love that book. I love that book. I have you guys ever like really tried to find a secret in a game or done anything yes, like I, this? Those things drive me crazy. Yeah, I used to do it when I was a kid a lot more, but these days not so much. But I never I, actually I'm, found one. I would definitely convince myself that there were rooms that couldn't be gotten to that I had to spend a lot of time getting to, and it then I would never get to them. But I would just waste hours on that in Zelda and stuff like that. Yeah, I never had the patience for that, which is you know knowing it's what not I know good now. that I did. I mean, it was a waste of time, or was it? It it was. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. Like, I I ended up failing one of my classes the year the Final Fantasy Tactics came out because, like, I just sat there and just wanted to play that game. This surprises me not a bit. find every, everything in there. And that was the right call because, like, understanding Final Fantasy Tactics is more relevant to what I do today than freaking comparative religion of, like, you know, the Middle Ages. So, you know, I made the right call. I invested in my future. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Same. Yeah. Same. Same. I don't think I've ever found an Easter egg of anything, (laughs) of any kind, of any... uh, The one that I... The only one that I can remember, and this definitely wasn't an Easter egg, was that I remember that in Twilight Princess, there was this one hill that looked really weird to me, and it had sort of a dip in it. And I convinced myself that if I walked out onto this really narrow ledge and jumped onto it, something would happen, but I never successfully managed to do it. However, I think I spent, like, I don't know five to eight hours just trying to do it i i really remember doing that it was a pretty great day college everybody (laughs) send your kids there and they might do something like that i feel like i tried to get like the you know like the infinite one-up trick in mario like did you ever get it yeah no No. the one in mario 3 where you where the the they're dropping the spinies back and forth i was able to get but like the one the one that everybody knows about where you kind of you throw the the Koopa and you're like on the bottom of the pyramid. You just kind of get yourself to a point where you're bouncing on top of him right, repeatedly. Right. I've never gotten that to happen. And but I, I'm you know, obviously I'm assured that it happens. I mean, Minus World, everybody did, but everybody knew about Minus World. So that, that wasn't really I mean, yeah. I, is that even an Easter egg? I mean, that was just kind of a I thing think that so. you did. I think it counts as an Easter egg. But then again, I thought everybody knew about a start to continue in Super Mario Brothers. And apparently that's completely and totally not the case. So maybe I, I think more people know about Minus World, though. Yeah, I think so. There's no way to know. There's no way to know. Write into the show if you didn't know about Minus World and you're wondering what we're talking about right now. And we will judge you. We yes. will judge you. We, <laughs> we won't answer you. you. We'll just laugh and laugh at you. And point. Did, did we talk about the A-Star thing? Oh, <laughs> uh, I think we did at the time. Did we? Yeah, okay. it was, that was a little while yeah. ago. Yeah. There yeah. was like some articles about how nobody knew that you could do yeah. that. Anyway. Oh, kids today. They don't know enough about Mario or Mario, no. as the case may be. Seriously, we need to we need to you know get that into the uh, the Common Core uh, curriculum. <laughs> you know. Okay. Uh, all right. Anything else on that, or, you, or should we go on to what we're playing? Let's move on. Okay. So, uh, so Brie, what are you playing this week? I beat Kefka. I destroyed that dude. Awesome. Yeah. Woo-hoo! It was great. It was great. It was fantastic. Um, yeah, I have to tell you, I am. I don't see myself like going back to modern games for a while. I am. I'm. Re- I'm really, really grooving on this. Oh, I totally um, hear you. 
So I uh, beat Final Fantasy VI, uh, and then um, I got, I don't want to know about the legalities of these, but <laughs> I got um, Sailor Moon, another story, the English translation translation of it, uh, in a ROM that I can play on my Super Nintendo, as well as uh, Sailor Moon R, which is like Streets of Rage-style uh, beat-em-up game. Oh, fun. Um, yeah, I did that, so I've been playing those. Um, I also got Chrono Trigger, which I've been working on. And I just uh, today bought uh, Final Fantasy V, which I've only played a little bit for the tra- uh, for the PlayStation release of it. This is the 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 Final Fantasy where they came out with the job system, which is one of the um, you know, most heralded things that's ever come out of Final Fantasy. So um, I'm really looking forward to to playing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also played a little bit of Tomb Raider this week. I have to admit, I love that game. But uh, yeah, it's just been retro hardcore at my house. Wow. Yeah. So the awesome. so the, that system's working out for you? Everything's in good working order and everything? Yeah, um, I am frustrated. So, um, you know, I filmed a, there's a, a major documentary that spent um, a lot of last week with me. And uh, I, I was frustrated that I, uh, there's this whole subplot there where I'm trying to get this Nintendo Entertainment System to work. And we ended up, ended up like, getting some parts and stuff like that. And I, I have a Nintendo, like, Super Nintendo's fine. Um, I ended up kind of cheaping out on the Nintendo, and it doesn't work unless I disassemble it and just load the card in that way. <laughs> so I'm going to have to figure out how to get that to work. But the, the Super Nintendo is working great. It's really, like, here in Boston, there's a really cool shop to go get this at. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm having a blast. Yeah, I think I've got, like, two NESs in my basement, and neither of them work. And I ended up just, like, buying a $20, like, retro duo just to be able to play some of those games huh. that I think I played, like, once, and then it's been in the basement ever since. Though I should really... I should really take that out and subject the children to that at some point. I, I was going to say, I think um, I don't like the Atari games a lot because I don't think they, they hold up very well to modern standards. Um, I don't think NES games generally do. I think some of them do. I think Super Mario 2 does. Um, but I think overwhelmingly, like a lot of those games, you need the game genie for it to be fun. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just... It's it's very repetitive, the gameplay back then. I, I think there are a few classics, but Super Nintendo, to me, is really where it gets to a level where the balance between quality of gameplay really makes it still, in, yeah, and graphics make it still enjoyable. I don't, do you guys agree with that? Yeah, I do. Actually, there's, I have to say that, that that's my, so, like, those are my soothing games. My my Super NES games are just my like it's just or like I I don't know there there's just something about some of the retro games where it's just so much more fun with much less stress yeah, yeah. and so if I'm already having a stressful day you know playing like you know Bomberman Super Bomberman or like you know playing like I don't know there's some games that just make me feel like I can just enjoy. And my stress levels go down, and I love that. You know, I hope this isn't an overshare, but, you know, I've, I've been pretty open on this show talking about how, you know, nine months of death threats from Gamergate have gotten me to the point where, you know, I've had to go get professional therapy and professional intervention. And, you know, what I've found is I'm a lot more sensitive to being triggered by tr- like I'll find myself like feeling super anxious and my hand shaking mm-hmm. with um, mm-hmm. when I play modern games. I found that with Gears of War, which is a game I probably put 400 hours into, and it 
like I'm a strong person, but just on some unconscious level, it's triggering me in a way that's really uncomfortable. And I've, yeah, I've and can, I, can super, I say something to that for you? Do, just to the do. I'm a strong person thing, because I yeah. think that that's a really strong misnomer with people. Anxiety, it is a normal and healthy thing, and it keeps us alive. So right. people that have anxiety, it is not being weak. It's actually your body's protection system being activated to keep you alive. And so... I think that it is a, a really true thing that people judge that as that's being weak, and it is not. You know, we didn't have that system. There's a tiger that comes at us, and we're like, oh, that's friendly. Let me go pet it. No, that's dumb. That would be the people that would not, would get wiped out. So it, that's not true. Thank right, you. I just right. want to say that. No, no, no. I think that's – but that's what you tell yourself, which is why yeah. it's, it's it's hard to yeah. deal with. So anyway, that's – it's another reason why I'm really enjoying this uh, retro phase I'm on right now. So Awesome. It's a great phase. Yeah, yeah. That should not be a phase. That should just be, you know, well, soothing with, games. With my career, though, it's, I mean... Yeah, you need to keep it, up with trends. You I, know. I need to keep up with trends. But, um, I mean, the truth is, like, good gameplay is mm-hmm. timeless. Yes. Like, the better graphics of Tomb Raider help immersion, but the gameplay truth of that is that's why it's going to be remembered the same way Final Fantasy VI is remembered. So, you know, if you're picking a really brilliantly designed game, like Mass Effect 2 is going to be just as fun 30 years from now, you know? So it's, you know, there was a a topic I really argued for on this week's show that was about, it was the the pixel tax, quote-unquote, and was looking at the artistic brilliance of pixelated artwork and how our mind kind of discounts something if it's not polygonal or super high res but like the artistic value of those animations is often higher than what you see today well why don't we we can we can talk about that next week i don't think that's going anywhere okay well maybe we'll talk about it yeah 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 i mean i wonder i wonder sometimes like you know what not having like you know super nintendo or playstation like did to my tastes of games a little bit because i have a lot of affinity for the nes just because that was all i had Hmm. for pretty much until like college when i when maureen and i went in on an n64 together so i I mean i had some pc games but other than that like as far as console games were like i found like a ton especially in high school like i just kept finding like used nes games for like two or three dollars a piece and would play the hell out of them so i wonder if that you know that's why i have that affinity for you know that era of game even if it's not as good as the super nintendo just because i didn't really know what i was missing until later you know, and that's just kind of what I grew up with. I don't know. It's it's something to think about, I guess. Yeah. But uh, so, Georgia, what are you playing this week? Okay, so I have um, a small thing that I have to uh, be honest with everyone about. Um, so I don't have Facebook. That's probably good. Yeah. yeah, the best. Right. Good for you. But I, yeah, yeah, that's not, I'm on my my little pedestal. But here's <laughs> here's my um, honest statement about it. But I'm, I'm a hypocrite because. My Candy Crush is broken on my phone. Oh, no. And so on Candy Crush Soda on Facebook, it works on the PC. So I steal Renee's <laughs> Facebook account, and I linked it to my phone, and I play Candy Crush Soda on Facebook. Game. Yeah, I know. I've gone to a new level. I Anyways, feel like you've given us this confession before. I have, but it wasn't. I, I was not going to do it again, and I did. So... While you're go. doing that, can you tweet a bunch of embarrassing stuff from Renee's account, please? <laughs> yeah, you have his account. Like, you why can... are you capitalizing on that? It's because George is a better person than we are. You know why? No, 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 no. It's strategic. He'll lock me out. 
And then the next time I'll have to ask him and he'll know that I'm on Facebook. And then the next time I do an I'm or show, he's going to completely out me to everyone. So. Okay. I'm going to start texting Renee messages like, what about the money? (laughs) (laughs) I need the payment. (laughs) And he's not going to know what's going on. He's going to think you have something to do with it. I, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be like Georgia. What about the money, <laughs> <laughs> Georgia? What have you done with the shipment? Where is right. it? Where is it? I'm waiting. <laughs> oh. Oh, awesome. Okay. So, Maddie, what are you playing this week? Okay, um, a bunch of games. I I'm just gonna list them all really fast. Okay, so uh, my friend Kaylin Sandal made a game called The Skeleton Key, and Kiva did the art for it. And so, if you like Kaylin's writing and Kiva's art, then you should check it out because it's cool. And also, I've been playing a bunch of really silly games because I've ended up in a lot of situations where I had to wait somewhere unexpectedly this week. And um, so I've still been playing Love Live, which, by the way, is the greatest game to play while you're waiting for somebody because the time disappears into the ether. And I know people made fun of me for playing Love Live. I don't care. I still really like it and I like met a guy friend's new girlfriend this week and she doesn't play any games but she does play Love Live and we bonded over it and it was great and everybody should play it it's great anyway um and also I got this free 3DS game it just sort of opened itself on my 3DS called Pokemon Rubble Worlds do you oh, all have yeah. this yeah. it is extremely bad I don't recommend it it's basically a beat em up where you play as various tiny Pokemon it's not really any more methodical or complex than Love Live but if you're waiting for something to happen you can watch time disappear <laughs> before your very eyes as you play as an adorable Pokemon running around and then today I was like I can't just list these really ephemeral short games on the show. I got to get some serious gaming done. So I tried to play Daisy today for the first time in a long time. Uh, Daisy is like a super hardcore multiplayer zombie Arma mod that only manly men play together i don't know it's i i've never really understood the appeal of it because i've never really gotten it to work properly and today was no exception (laughs) (laughs) daisy is still an alpha still and it's been an alpha for like a bazillion years but people love it i can't get this game to work today i've gotten it to work in the past today it crashed for like i don't know hours and that was really really annoying so daisy get your crud together because i really wanted to give you a chance but i couldn't today and then i played counter-strike and counter-strike is still really great the end (laughs) games Uh, games video games video games what have you been playing steve so um i have an announcement I beat Super Metroid. Woo! I was going to oh. ask if you had. I'm I was hoping that you had. That's awesome. I was uh I was tweeting horrible pictures of the gamepad from my phone on, on oh, Sunday really? night. Oh, I missed it. Okay. Of of whatever your end screen was? Yeah. When we talked last, I was just finishing up that, you know, round of getting all the stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I went back and I and I took down Ridley and then I went and tried to fight Mother Brain and I beat her, except that I didn't make it through that ending sequence where the planet's exploding. 
and then I put it down for two days because I was I was like that close and I and I didn't make it, but I did do it. Sunday night, I tried again while Maureen was watching Game of Thrones, and I did it. So I had awesome. yeah. 76% com- uh, completion. Cool. And I feel really happy that I finally beat that game. Now you have a new little Metroid friend who's going to hang out with you on your ship. Right? Yeah. Yay. <laughs> well, I thought he doesn't. He di- no, he dies, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he dies. He sacrificed himself yeah. to save you. Like Jesus. Spoilers. It's a metaphor. Oh, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow. I'm sure that Maybe wasn't Metroid what was intended. Is Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know whether that's oh what they're implying, God. but I have always kind of wondered if that he they died were going for, for that. He died for my sins. He died for Samus's sins, or Mother Brain's sins, or perhaps the sins of the scientists who experimented on him or her. Metroids are genderless. I don't know. <laughs> and, then, and then, sort of. He rises again uh-huh. in Metroid Fusion. Yeah, that's true. And, and then, the dad. yeah, okay, yeah. This is like an article that I should pitch, and oh, no, no one would buy oh, it. No. Oh no, this is Maddie's <laughs> idea. Don't get me involved. I'm oh, not. This gosh. is this is all this. This is payback for the comparative religion course that uh, that Bree failed for playing uh, Final Fantasy. Tactics. Yeah, I don't like know enough about comparative religions to write this. But if anybody uh. else wants to, go for it. Hey, I went to church three times. A week. I know I didn't <laughs> though. So if I wrote it, it would be wrong and bad. <laughs> I will fact check it versus uh. my many years of Christian scholarship. Okay, I'll Christian. fact check the Metroid parts. You can you can do the rest. Uh. Sounds great. Uh, so the other the other thing that I've been playing, I just picked it up yesterday, so I'm just starting to get into it. Um, I needed to play something that was not a Metroidvania after doing Zeo Drifter and Axiom Verge and Super Metroid back to back. I was. I almost thought about starting Symphony of the Night, and I told myself that I would. I, I need to play anything else. Um, so I picked up this game called Windward. It's like a sailing, a sailing, a top-down sailing game. Um, like it, it's kind of like what I thought Sunless Sea was going to be, but wasn't. So you have a, a ship, and you go from port to port, like buying goods and selling goods, and uh, collecting quests, and then you know having. Uh, ship battles with pirates and stuff like that. I haven't gotten super into it yet, um, but it looks really interesting so far. And, and the thing that I like about it is that you can choose the way you want to play. Like the different factions will give you different quests based on how you want to play the game. So if you want to go combat heavy, you can do that. But you can also, uh, you know, concentrate on getting goods from port to port, or you can concentrate on doing intelligence-based quests or stuff like that. So. Um, it, it's an interesting little game. I don't know how long I'll stick with it, but it, it's it's a nice change of pace from what I've been playing. So, um, and, and it's you know it's not too expensive on on Steam right now. So, cool. Yeah. So I, uh, I have a question for you, Steve. Yes. Have you accepted Baby Metroid? In <laughs> <laughs> have you as accepted the fusion savior? suit as your Lord and your savior? Lord savior? Yeah. Uh, what what would that communion wafer be like? Um, it would be really gooey and weird <laughs> because it would be from an alien planet. Uh. Can, can I tell a very quick story before we end the show? When I was working as a reporter one time, I would, one of the hardest things about being a reporter is to talk to people that you vehemently disagree with. Yes, that's true. But sometimes you get to talk to people who are great. That's the right. other side Sometimes of it. you do. So <laughs> I that's the way it goes. There's people you disagree with, and then there's people that are right. Yeah. 
I said people who are great, to be fair. Oh, okay. But you're always funnier, so let's do that. <laughs> so I was I was doing, an, I'm not going to tell you who, but I was doing an interview with a major country music star that happened to be... Taylor you know, Swift. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say who it was, but she was very young. She was very young. And I was sitting there and she was talking to me about, like, she was very Christian. And she was talking to me about how there was somebody that was Jewish on the bus. And she was going to pray really hard that he was going to accept Jesus Christ into his heart as our Lord and Savior. And I'm just sitting there doing this interview. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's so hard to not go, no, don't. Don't do that. That's terrible. (laughs) Why are you socially pressuring someone that works for you to like? It's like, oh, it's so terrible. That's my story. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, but but seriously though, Steve, you should consider this Metroid thing. I mean, yeah, I'll 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 consider consider the church the Church of Metroid. That'll uh, that'll be. I'm sure I'll bring that up when I bring the kids to Hebrew school on Sunday. I'm sure that 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 their teachers will love that. Yeah, they'll probably think it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've been doing this whole, uh, you know, this whole seg- this whole segment of the school year on the Torah, and I'm wondering when we're going to get to the Metroids. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, you let me know if they're not in there, so that I can write an angry letter to the past. Yeah, I think that's one one of the the back end books of the Old Testament. Yeah, the, it's the, the uh, it's like one of those <laughs> undiscovered sections that you know. I, I don't know what they're called. I don't know like anything. The, like the dead, like the Dead Sea Scrolls, except yes. they came from Zebes. That though, that's a reference I could have made that would have made me sound really smart. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, I'm going to create the Church of the Metroid with Squarespace. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't say it too loud. Somebody might have already done it. I stole that joke from Charles Tan. Okay. So uh, let's let's do a little bit of, a little bit of housekeeping and then we'll let these people go. So uh, Brie, you had a, a spot on CBC this week about online mods. You want to talk about that? Yeah, it's been a long show. I'll be brief. Um, basically, a very prestigious show in uh, Canadian television. I think it's prestigious. Georgia can tell me better. Uh, <laughs> CBC's the national. They came down and did a, a pretty. They are awesome, they are a big station here. They they did awesome. They really are. They did an awesome documentary. They interviewed a ton of people. And um, what is frustrating to me is most of the time when I do media, it's like, let me point a camera at you and you can tell me the horrors that have happened to you. <laughs> right. And that's the straining. What I appreciated about this is it was a deeper conversation about mob justice and outrage culture and what the good and bad is of it. Mm-hmm. And like all really good documentaries, it, it is more open-ended. You know, it doesn't lead the the viewer to any strong conclusions. Um, it's it's very well done. And I'm very proud to have been involved with this, particularly, you know, Maddie, you and I have been talking a bit about call-out culture lately. So um, I did that. It's 15 minutes. It's definitely worth your time. So I hope you guys will check that out. Okay. Awesome. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes, of course. Yep. And uh, Georgia, you went on Tech News tonight again? I was. I was with Megan Marone. She's so awesome. Love her. And um, our friends at Pixelkin have started a podcast. So um, we'll have a link to them in the show notes as well. And they are we're really excited that they're starting that out. So you can we go check them. that out as well. Pixelkin yeah. is, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, yeah, I've awesome. written for them. And, you know, Bree does a, a show with Simone uh, who works for them as well. Yeah. Rocket, you might have heard of it. 
Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, the people at Pixel Kin are fantastic. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm, I'm very big on, you know, family gaming and stuff like that. So I'm really thrilled that they're, that they're starting up a show and you should absolutely go check it out. I don't understand why they don't, like, they seem to be the only people operating in that space, which is just ridiculous to me at the professional level. Like, I, every parent I know is like, who do I go to for, I, I get that question all the time, and I, I think they do good work. Yeah, there there are a couple of other sites. There was um, I, one of the people who was on the panel with the PAX, uh, Stephen Dutzman, does uh, Engage Family Gaming. He's local. But yeah, there's not oh. there's not nearly enough of those types of focus sites as there should be. I mean, there's a yeah. there's a real, you know, I mean, there's a lack of reporting on gaming with your family and gaming is family time and, and you know, the positive effects of gaming on, on kids' development. And, and they're really doing a lot of good work um, and showing a lot of different perspectives over there. So, it, you know, I mean, we, we ask you to check them out anyway, but definitely go check out their new podcast because I'm sure I haven't listened to it yet. I just got the link from Courtney like 15 minutes before we started recording, but I'm very excited for this. It's so, a good show. I've heard yeah. it. I've heard it. Um, so I think that will, do, unless anybody else has any last minute things they need to add, I think that'll do it for us for this week. I, I need you to accept this pamphlet. I'm going to give you... <laughs> Do I need to accept the Metroid into my life? You do. You do. You do. It's going gonna, it's gonna to have some Ten Commandments of the Metroid in there. Freeze Beam. Don't, don't get near a Freeze Beam. Ice Beam is very bad. <laughs> don't go into lava without the various suit. Thou, thou, thou shalt not wall jump without the help of an adorable monkey and so on and so forth. Oh, yeah. the, the, wall, the wall jumps are so annoying. Anyway, sorry. It is really uh, annoying. Uh, but that, that was that the worst. Space Monkey's cute. Yeah, the space monkeys are cute. The wall jumping was not so cute. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Um, so, as always, you can find the show notes for this show and every show at uh, relay.fm slash isometric or at isometricshow.com. Uh, make sure to rate and review the show on iTunes. That helps us out a lot. We really do appreciate all the kind words that you guys have to leave for us. Um, you can send us uh, feedback via email to feedback at isometricshow.com. Um, as always, we are part of the amazing relay.fm uh, network. You can find Breeze Show Rocket. You can also find um, some other shows, including the new season of Inquisitive, where Mike is starting to talk to people about their favorite albums, which uh, he just did the first episode about uh, Pet Sounds with Faith Corpion. It's really, really good. Just check it out. And you can find all of us on Twitter. The show's account is at Isometric Show. I am at Wicked Good. And Bree, where can people find you? Metroid Church. <laughs> Metroid Church. And Twitter under the username Space Cat Gal. And Maddie, where can people find you? You can find me proselytizing every Sunday morning <laughs> on Twitter at Samus Clone. And Georgia. Come <laughs> 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 on, Georgia, call with the joke. You can you can find me at Georgia underscore Dow. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, thank you to Squarespace for sponsoring the episode. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you next week. Have a good one. Yeah, I was on the